Hey, everybody, and welcome back to a special edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. It's already our 83rd episode. Football season just ended, and you know what that means. It's time for more postseason awards. We've got a special award to announce today to Bishop O'Dowd head coach David Perry, who is our West Coast Preps Bay Area football coach of the year. Congrats, coach, on being announced. Wow. <laughs> prestigious award after such a special first season you had for the Dragons out there in Oakland this year. I know it was crazy. So congratulations for everything that you guys did accomplish and experience this year with all the crazy times of a pandemic and having to obviously establish your culture and about the most unprecedented time period and the history of everything. Uh, yeah, man, I'm speechless, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my, my wife's in the bearing. She's like, oh, so am I. That's, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm usually not speechless. I usually got a bunch to say, but uh, thank you so much, man. It's, you know, I was just happy to be on that list, to be mentioned amongst coaches like Coach Macy and Coach Allen Ball and Coach Walsh and all those guys, man. That's, Wow. Uh, wow. That's amazing, man. Uh, thank you. You know, it's credit and hats off go to the kids, you know, and they're, they're buying to, to, you know, to the new coach, the new kid on the block and, you know, just really, you know, staying on their grind. And, you know, we have an amazing group of kids up there that, you know, they, they just bought in and, and came to work and, and found a way in, in a crazy year when, you know, they had every reason to say, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. And, you know, are we even going to have a season? But, you know, in, in a time of doubt, you know, they had faith. And, you know, that's, that's just amazing, man. It's, it's, it's an honor. You know, it's an honor to be named with the coaches that were on there. And, and thank you, you know, for – uh, that's, wow, that's big. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and for those who don't know, we just told him this was not, you know, some sort of recorded thing beforehand. This is the first time he hears it as well. So you did a great thing this year uh, with your squad, especially with how much adversity you had to go through through the pandemic, being a first-year head coach of Bishop O'Dowd. So congratulations. It was amazing. But just go through your first season at Bishop O'Dowd all the way from the beginning to now. Yeah, you know, like like we spoke on the beginning, um, you know, you prepare many years like all those coaches have as far as, you know, what it's going to take to be a head coach, hiring staff, you know, uh, meeting people, all, you know, all hands that are going to be in, you know, in on this mission that we're going to go on and, you know, recruiting the kids and, you know, walking out on campus and meeting the kids and, you know, then it's going to the actual things that are going to happen on the field as far as, you know, installing new systems and practice schedules and all that stuff that, you know, only the coaches know, like practice scheduling and, you know, all the emails you got to answer, et cetera. And, you know, and then to throw the, the wrench in the whole thing and say, now do it online. You know, I, <laughs> no, no coach was prepared for that. And, you know, it's an amazing job that all the coaches, you know, all over, the, you know, the state of California were able to pull that off, you know, to actually create a season for kids in a time when there's a lot of doubt and, you know, we weren't sure we were going to have a season, um, you know, and then on, you know, my kids, like I said, they were amazing. Like Jesse was 
found a way to get kids to come together. And he'd send me videos in June of like him and two kids. He like created his little pod. And I said, all right, here's the offense, go. And it was funny. You could see him work progressions, but only being able to throw the one kid. <laughs> so he'd look here, look here, and then throw there. And, you know, that, that kid was nails. You know, it's a coach's dream to have a kid so dedicated to the program and so bought into the new offensive system and the new coach to just say, you know, I trusted him with the offense. I trusted him as a leader on the team and said, here, go. And through the whole off season, you know, in the summer, like I said, from I met the kids as a head coach in March, and I didn't see him until I think it was November 2nd. And, you know, we speak all the time about, you know, creating leaders out of our students, creating leaders out of our players. And this was a unique opportunity to allow kids to lead. And I always try to say, let me get out of the kids' way and let them lead. And I try to, like, when we start practice, like, you know, the kids will, like, one player will pray before we go out. And then the first 20 minutes is actually player-led. We call it pre-practice. And so they'll lead the drills. You know, they'll lead the, the warm-ups we do for defense and offense. They'll lead the stretches. And after about 25 minutes, then I come in and speak. And so I try to find way, creative ways to create leaders um, within the program and really do a player-driven uh, program instead of a coach-driven program. And, you know, the, you know, the fruits of our labor were in the season. You know, we took a team that was three and seven last time we played and pretty much counted out. And the new, re, you know, realignment with some strong teams coming in with James Logan, you know, coming in and Moreau Catholic coming in. And already having San Leandro and already having Encinel, who, you know, kicked our butt last season. Um, and then you got a new team of Hayward, that one league. And so, you know, going in, we were counted out. And we were picked to finish last. Um, and so I had, you know, <laughs> quite the challenge as far as, you know, uh, reinforcing the roster, you know, luckily I got, you know, a good two weeks before the pandemic hit to recruit the campus and find kids that, you know, find a kid that played baseball. Hey, come out, you, you know, make a great tight end, Tyler Hunter. Nice to meet you. You know, found a big basketball kid that wasn't playing basketball anymore. Hey, Ben Martin, you'd be a great receiver in this offense. You should come out and catch some touchdowns too. Like, you know, and you find these kids and thank God, you know, I was able to find kids on campus that had some great athletic ability, but later find out were amazing kids. Tyler Hunter is going to, you know, be a business major at the University of Indiana with a 4.2 GPA and uh, was an amazing baseball player. And he made one heck of a tight end and defensive end for us. You know, Ben Martin hadn't played since, I think he played freshman year, didn't play 10th or 11th grade, first year on varsity. Uh, would have been a first-team all-league kid if we had all-league, you know, awards. And, you know, he's going to walk on. I don't think he's announced it yet. At, at, I think Cal Poly, you know, as a preferred walk-on. And so, you know, I was blessed with going out and meeting kids. You know, the, the year prior, we had 28 kids on the roster. You know, we were able to build the team to 39 kids. 
And we had some, you know, amazing kids that returned and came back out and we were able to, like I said, bring in some reinforcements of kids that were on campus that were great athletes. And, you know, they went out and learned the system and it was fun watching Tyler, you know, working out during the summer on the video clips that Jesse would send me. And I couldn't wait to meet him in November. And, you know, all that work that those kids did on their own paid off big time in the season. And, you know, we, we balled out and we had an amazing season. I think Tyler had one of the most interesting stories out there, like you mentioned, just got him out to football this year. How do those conversations go recruiting him to football? And how are you guys able to sell that kid on football this season to be able to play, especially just during this time period when it almost looked like football wouldn't happen? He was a he is a legit baseball player. And you know, he'd been playing baseball. I was like, Tyler, how long have you been playing baseball? We had a conversation towards the end of the season. He's like, oh, since like five years old. <laughs> I was like, well, no wonder. <laughs> throwing 88, throwing heat, showcases, traveling all over the place. Amazing baseball player. And I, I'm i going to be totally honest. Like, I was scared to ask. I didn't even ask, like, you going to play football? I, you know, I stopped saying, like, we were going through pods and we getting closer to the season. And I was – you know, hoping that he would continue and commit to playing football, but there's still that little, you know, inch of doubt, like, I wonder if he's going to go play baseball instead, because our kids had to choose one or the other in the same season. They couldn't play two sports. It'd be like being in two pots. And so, yeah, I was a little worried that he was going to go play baseball. Um, But we had this amazing brotherhood on this team that, like I said, like these kids were, you know, they loved each other. They love playing for each other. Um, you know, it's all the conversations that were had at the end of our last game. You're, there's this uncommon bond that, you know, um, even our athletic director, Carlos Reed, said he'd never been a part of that. He'd never seen that in his life. And that, that bond is something that keeps kids around. And, you know, there is a time when we ha- we're going to start the two tight ends versus James Logan. And I think that was it. And I think he was going to start at the end. He calls me. He said, this kid is amazing. He says, he goes, he comes to me after practice. He's kind of just standing there looking at me. <laughs> and he's like, hey, are you going to start me instead of Sapili at defensive end? I was like, you know, I got to talk to Coach Kenyon about, you know, decoring. We were looking at doing that. He's like, I'm, I'm already starting both ways on tight end. And, you know, that's my senior brother on senior night. I want him to play, Coach. He's he's earned it. He I've got a spot. Put him in. And I was like, I was like, you man, you come on, man. Like <laughs> already a great kid, all this, and then to top that off, like these kids loved each other. And so, you know, soon there was no doubt. Like he loved playing on this team. You know, his parents said it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Their funnest year of sports in high school that they've had. And I'm sure he's had great seasons, but it's just football such a beautiful sport and it's so different. And that that bond, you know, he that's what kept him there. That's what kept him with the team. And, you know, being able to battle with your brothers on a game like this, you know, you, you, you can't make that up. You can't fake it. And you never want to miss out on it. And he wanted to be a part of that. And then you already talked about the question, but to go into Jesse Madden a little bit, obviously living the last name with the Madden name and whatnot, but just how impressed you were with that, with him during the season as well. Yeah, you know, like, like I said, you know, he, he stood out from a leader very early. 
Um, his thirst for knowledge is ridiculous. You know, he'll call and I said, you're never bugging me. So bug me, you know, and so he'll call and ask questions. And, you know, I pulled up, I think I got 450 video clips of him just throughout the off season, you know, practicing with his team and he would upload the clips and I'd get all excited because, you know, in September when I couldn't see the kids, I was like all the football I got. So he would just keep sending the clips of him training with the team and, and working the offense. And, you know, it came together quick. And this wasn't a kid that, you know, I spoke on it Monday night at our football banquet. He he wasn't always the first choice, you know, oddly enough. You know, he had a very rough season uh, his junior year, you know, battling through some stuff and, you know, getting kind of beat up. Uh, I'll never forget the first film I showed the team and I got to the O-line when I got hired was, uh, you know, the San Leandro film. They got, I think they sacked him like seven times. He kept getting up, and that kid is just, like I said, nails. He's such a tough kid. He's kind of the old-school kid. We call him, like, a 90s kid. Like, me and him would probably be hanging out, you know, drinking water out the water fountain and playing football from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Like, he's just a kind of old-school, old soul. And, you know, the kids look to him, and you need your best players to be your best leaders and to be your hardest workers, and he was that. And, you know, he transformed and led this offense like no other. And, you know, it was unfortunate that he got hurt uh, versus San Leandro. But, you know, it's a dope way to kind of go, you know, because he actually separated his shoulder and on a run in the last two minutes. And he needed to make one more pass <laughs> to win the game. And so if you look at the film, you can see he kind of tucked his elbow and through it, and through that swing pass, and through the game-winning touchdown with a separated shoulder, and then he kind of just dragged it off the field. And you know, he, he's as tough as it gets. He will be successful anywhere he goes. And you know, I would have loved to see what it would have ended up as. You know, with him playing five games, because the role—I mean, he was averaging 240 a game. You know, he he would have lit NCS up. Uh, you know, his stats were off the charts personally. You know, and his QBR was like in 90. He was throwing, he's completing 69, 70% of his passes. Like, that, that kid was ridiculous. And, you know, he was one of the greatest quarterbacks I've coached. That moment of Matthew Stafford and that video that came out where he did the same exact thing. He separated his shoulder, broke his collar, I don't know which one, but then went out and won the game. Yep. One final pass. And that, that's the first thing that popped up on mine. Yep. It was amazing. <laughs> Love that kid, man. And then what about your defense, too? In five games, you guys allowed just 40 points. I know we saw it firsthand against San Leandro as well, what your defense did those final three quarters. But what did your defense mean to you guys this season, and how special were they as a unit? Uh, you know, it's, it's like that balance. We talk about complementary football. You know, I wanted to create an offense that would put pressure on defenses. And, you know, as I always say, the best hire as an offensive coach, the best hire, the best guy on your team is your defensive coach. So it's always, you know, the opposite. And, you know, Coach Kenyon Branscombe and Coach Ryan Head are amazing. They've been there six plus years, I believe. Um, he's got an answer for everything. And, you know, we're, that's where we kind of complement each other and we're balanced there because, like, I always want to have an, an answer. And so, like, he, we always had an answer. And, you know, he would – Whatever you're good at, he's going to find something to take that specific thing away. Um, 
And so I didn't have to come in and change a whole lot. You know, there's, we <laughs> had a great system and I just wanted to continue having that great system. Um, you know, oh, defense was ridiculous, man. We, we, you know, held a lot of teams. A lot of receivers didn't get catches on us. You know, it was Isaac Green. That was his first. He's Isaac was funny, man, because I remember talking to him during pods in November. You know, how many years you play football? Uh, last year was my first year. Say what? He's like, yeah, I came here to play basketball, coach. <laughs> I was like, didn't you play as a freshman? No, I only played my sophomore year. And, you know, he just goes out and gets four interceptions in five games, you know. And so, hey, having, you know, great talent and having, you know, I love when the basketball kids come over and, you know, come, you come play football and find out they're pretty good at it. But, you know, it's just – it's the system, too, and the coaching. And, you know, for me it was – so much fun as an offensive coach because I knew I could take a couple extra chances. I could go for it on fourth down here because I know oh, our defense got it. Like we're fine. And they knew it too. I could, you know, like coach go for it. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it, you know, it was fun to coach with and it was just, you know, there was times when we walked into James Logan, you know, when Jesse was down and we're trying to figure out who our quarterback is, there wasn't a whole lot of panic. I said, look, if we can, if Harrison can do just enough, um, you know, and he was super efficient, I think he was 11 for 16, and we can run the ball. Matt White had probably one of his better games, and we can play great defense and great special teams, we'll be fine. And that's exactly how it played out. Our defense shut him down. No disrespect to James Logan at all. They're an outstanding team, but, uh, you know, it's our defense – really locked stuff up, really took away a lot of stuff that they did very well versus other teams. And, you know, and then our special teams game also did great. And, yeah, it was, you know, couldn't have done it. Couldn't have had half the success we had without the defense that we had. And then we're going to kind of go into how you're doing statisticals this year during the pandemic and kind of go more into your drop, drop the hammer value. Yeah, so that was, uh, you know, I, I prayed a lot about that as far as, you know, you, you want to have that, that driving force, the thing you can fall back on, especially when times get rough and when the waters get a little rough, you know, and, you know, you think of those sailors, they always got like some kind of saying inside their, inside their cruise ship, you know, and, you know, times were rough. And so I kind of sat there and prayed on some things like, you know, what do I want to be the, the values of this team? What I want the core beliefs to be, what I want the foundation of this program to be. And, you know, I just thought back to when I was a kid and, you know, my dad would have me out there working, you know, on the driveway and breaking concrete. And I'd be like an 11 year old kid and he'd drop the, he would literally drop a hammer outside my bedroom door and then say, knock, 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 go get to work. And, you know, he would do that all the time. And, you know, he's instilling this work ethic, um, which was pretty obvious at that point. But what I didn't, understand until later and respect to later is like respecting the process like I'm going to give you some hard time consuming long jobs and you're going to have to see it through and you're going to have to start it and finish it and you're going to have to just respect the process and so we talked about respecting the process a lot um, drop the hammer or DTH stands for discipline trust and honor 
And so the discipline side is showing up and working every single day and, you know, trying to do it with a great attitude when you can, you know, and so coming out every single day practicing, whether it's in pods, whether it's, you know, in the off season and you're meeting on a Wednesday with eight kids to go throw, go do that. You know, the trust is trusting in your faith, number one, trusting in your family that, you know, everything's going to be taken care of and then trusting in your brother next to you that he's going to be communicating to you and he's going to do his job and he knows that you're going to do your job. And then honoring, we would say before every family, you know, before every day is like honor your faith, honor your family and honor your brothers, you know, and so play in an honoring way that is, you know, pleasing to all those people. And so that's kind of, that's how we came up with that. And, you know, it's, it's something we kind of leaned on uh, during the, during the season, you know, we would award a hammer at the end of every game, at the end of every win, I should say, you know, when a kid kind of stood out for his outstanding play, but also, you know, playing with those values. You know, one of the first kids we awarded the hammer to was Caleb Branscombe, you know, because not only was he just a hammer on defense, but, you know, he's such a kind kid and a faithful kid. And, you know, he, he played in a, in a righteous way that was, that would honor his faith, that would honor his family. And uh, so, you know, he was like an easy, like first, you know, award winner of the, of the DTH hammer. Was there a specific moment during the off season, during the pandemic, during this season as well, maybe after a win, a certain play, whenever it was, when you realized that you really do have a special group of kids and that, Hey, you guys really could win a league title and this thing really is possible. Yeah. I mean, in the off season, um, being able to recruit kids that hadn't played and seeing the roster grow from 28 to 46, we actually moved seven kids down to frost off. So we're at 39. And so you kind of start feeling like, okay, these rankings, they're based on what we had before, but they don't know Tyler Hunter. They don't know Ben Martin. They don't know Sammy Daba, some kids that came out and had big contributions to the team. They don't know Isaac Green who played frost off last year and now he's a starting corner. They don't know Keon Loud a freshman that started both ways as a freshman. And so that's why I don't get into or even focus on that. The kids laugh at my schedules because I don't put the team names on them. I just put team one, team two, team three. Who are we playing? And they got, they started buying into that. You know, even if I accidentally said it, they heard me in a side conversation. Hey coach, you mean team three, right? Yeah, yeah, team three, you know? And so there was these parts where you could see like we're special, but you know, for sure when we, you don't know, you're guessing, but when we went out to Antioch and you know, there was honestly a little bit of doubt when Jalen Weaver walked out there and they were like, Oh man, like we don't have a guy that big. That's, that's a big dude right there, you know, and you know, a proud program, you know, the home of Najee Harris and a friend of mine, you know, I got a couple of good friends that coach over there. And, you know, it's, that's when it was like, we, we, we balled out that, that scrimmage. We played very well. And the kids were like, this is, this is different. We're pretty good. <laughs> you know, so then the, the real test, I guess, would say is when we played San Ramon Valley, which was, you know, top 10 team, top 15 team in some polls, um, great quarterback, proud program. And, uh, you know, even though we lost that game, there wasn't one head held low. 
and they kind of sat there. You know, I didn't have much to say after the game. All I said was, you know, go hug your parents, tell them you love them, and I'll see you on Monday. Like, you know, after a loss, I never have much to say because it's obvious. And the kids are coming up like, hey, coach, could have won that. Hey, my bad. You know, I should have caught that that one. Hey, coach, you know, missed the field goal. Won't happen again. And there's this, this confidence even after a loss. You know, I try to say to you the winner you learn. And there's this learning moments where it's like, no, we're special. You know, this is, this is a special team. And so, like, the light bulb honestly came on in a loss versus San Ramon Valley. Like, we can do some big things. I know we mentioned your offense, right, with Jesse Madden, some of your leaders, your tight ends, everybody else. We mentioned your defense, but your special teams play, too, with Gabe out there, almost punting it like Shane Leckler did for the Raiders back in the day. Ugh. How important was your special teams in winning that field position battle seemingly every game? Yeah, it's huge. And, you know, I'd always tell them, like, they don't call it special offense. They don't call it special defense, but they do call special teams. You know, and so it's like, you know, we got to make sure it's special in some way. Uh, the biggest change we made, you know, me and Ryan Head, he's our defensive backs coach and looks over the past game. But he's also our special teams coach. And, like, we also do some cool things on special teams. Like, I love our kickoff uh, coverage team and the way we do that. So it helps that Gabe can put it in the end zone. And so there's some cool things that we do on special teams that I love. And I love how passionate he is about special teams and he makes it special. Um, and the only change we really made was instead of practicing on Thursdays, we practice special teams every day. Um, learned that under Brian Hamilton at Concord, where it's like, hey, you want to be good on special teams, it's got to be just as important as offense and defense. If you do offense and defense every day, do special teams every day. So we did a 15, 10, 15 minute session of special teams Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, leading up to the game, right, where we could basically work every unit um, within that time frame. And, you know, having a, a weapon like Gabe, where it's, he, he would get us out of the jam. And so, once again, like, you know, as an offensive coordinator, like, hey, we ain't got it here, but, hey, Gabe, go put him in, pin him inside the 20 for me real quick, and we'll get this offense going, you know. And so, you know, there's – usually I would say, like, I've lost more games with a kicker than I've ever won, but this was the first year where I could say, nah, he, he won us some games, and, and he was clutch for us. Um, I think that punt at San Leandro comes to mind for sure when we were kind of pinned back there and he just lit one that must have traveled at least 60 yards, you know, and, and put us in a good spot. We were able to live to fight another day. And, you know, he, he gave Placentia put a special and special teams for sure. And now go into the future of this program and just how special of a future you guys have as well. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, you know, our Mike Dixon, he, he was able to come in uh, versus Castlemont, ended up throwing for 240 yards. Um, he was able to kind of sit and watch and see how it's done on the varsity level, sit and watch under a guy like Jesse Madden, who it's like, you know, he's the ultimate guy you want to learn from, you know, from player to player. And for Mike to be able to just kind of work hands on with him. Um, Jesse, even when he got injured, you know, he put on the khakis, brought out the clipboard, then started coaching. I was like, hey, quarterback coach, let's go. And he he loved it. He was thriving in that. I was like, I elbowed our linebacker, Ty Jones. I was like, look at Jesse over there, like future coach, man. And he's coaching up, up hard. You know, so Mike was able to learn the offense. He's another gifted quarterback, got some good size on him. Um, and, you know, he's – I just – I'm waiting on a few more clips, but I was able to see a couple clips on Twitter. He's already out there practicing – 
throwing with the guys literally the same way it started with Jesse, you know, right around this time. He's got a small group of about, you know, four or five guys, and they're throwing every week. So that part's great. Um, You know, the beauty of the timing of the pandemic or the season, pushing it back, was we were able to get guys like Keon Loud and Daniel Harper up. Um, Daniel Harper didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but he got a whole lot of varsity reps playing against varsity guys, and he's electric. You know, he did some kick return and punt return stuff for him. And he's a very gifted receiver. And you're talking freshman, you know, like this, the 2024 class is ridiculous. And so being able to get Keon Loud out there who played both ways as a freshman is going to be just invaluable experience. Uh, Daniel Harper, invaluable experiment, experience practicing with them. And then our 2022 and 2023 classes, you know, really talented. We got some guys that, you know, since we have 39 on the roster, that bunch of kids are coming back. You're talking about Elijah Brown, who we might move out to tight end and utilize his skill set because nobody knows how ridiculously athletic that kid is. He might run a 5-0-40, and he's a left tackle and defensive end. You know, he can probably get down to a 4-9 because he's, you know, trains with the cross-country team in the offseason. It's, it's hilarious. He'll be out there running, big old dude, and, you know, all these other kids. Um, Julian Wilson. We'll move into that H-back spot where Caleb was at. Uh, Matt White's coming back. He'll be one of the best backs in Northern California. Everyone write that down. Um, who else? Who am I missing? Uh, I'm trying to think of that 2022 class. Shoot, uh, I forgot. Michael Cooley, who didn't – he didn't get a whole lot of playing time either. But, uh, you know, he's a big 6'6 kid that's been working with me on the defensive line side for a couple of years. And so he'll move into the tackle spot and the DN spot. And so we got a bunch of guys. They're going to be mad I didn't say them all. But uh, we got a bunch of dudes coming back that were able to learn under the system and kind of the way we – oh, Aiden Madden, our offensive line, right? He's coming back. So he'll be that anchor on the right side. Um, and so – and, of course, Isaac and Ty, they're all 2022 guys. So Ty Jones started at inside linebacker. He'll continue to start. Isaac Green started that corner. He'll continue to start. So the future's bright. I'm looking at nine guys that had nine guys from the 2022 class that had a huge impact on the team, you know, and, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty ridiculous, you know, coming back and just the way that we kind of ran practice where when we did offense, everybody practiced offense and we'd rep and everybody would get some practice in and stuff like that. So, even guys that you maybe didn't see on Friday, they were still repping and getting in there as much as we can, uh, especially when Jesse was in. When Mike got hurt, we had to kill the reps a little bit just to get Mike and the other guys up to speed. But, you know, they got a ton of valuable reps during practice. Um, I believe in teaching everyone the offense. I don't care if you're the first string receiver or the 12th string receiver. I push you out there, you know, to go get reps. And so, you know, Future's very bright. Every kid was able to learn the offense. I I don't believe in lines and kids waiting on the side. I say get out there, practice, and learn. And so, future's looking good, man. And Ben, how's your yeah. going for your senior class this year? How's the recruiting process going for all these 2021 kids? And that was one, I guess, the big things like leading up to the season that you know everyone was kind of worried about, like how are you going to recruit? And you know, um, it was. A blessing. It was huge. We had, I'm looking at it over here on my right, 24 total offers. 
athletic scholarship offers. And we had eight kids get offered um, on varying levels of schools. And so recruiting was absolutely amazing. You know, it, it went great. We're still trying to, we're pretty much set with the offers, uh, with the scholarship offers. And I'm working on a couple preferred walk-on offer opportunities. Um, but recruiting has been great. Uh, you know, we're working on Caleb, trying to get him a PWO to San Jose State or Nevada. Hopefully somebody jumps on him. Sapili Fanua. Uh, just talked to San Jose State yesterday for him. Hopefully he gets a PWO offer to San Jose State. You know, Harrison is going to Lehigh. Uh, Shaddy's going to Southern Oregon, Matt Shaddle. Uh, Jesse got a PWO to Michigan. He's already been accepted, so he'll be over there. Um, trying to get a preferred walk-on over for Gabe, our kicker. Gabe Placencia, uh, that one's always tough because spots are just kind of limited right now. Um, so hopefully he can get that. If not, he'll probably go to junior college and then, you know, get in somewhere where he can earn that scholarship offer unless I can get him to a, you know, post-grad camp or something like that. And then Ben Martin as well. He's probably going to walk on, prefer to walk on at uh, Cal Poly. And, you know, all those kids had multiple offers, you know, three to five offers for every one of those kids. And so, you know, recruiting went great, man. It's, yeah, it, it couldn't have gone better, man. I, I was, you know, it was a concern. You don't know how it's going to work. But, you know, thank God for technology. You know, a couple of times we were able to just do Zoom visits, you know, like, hey, you know, let me, what do you need me to do? And, you know, coach, all right, I'll set up a Zoom. I'll have all the kids come. You can ask them whatever you want. And so, you know, I tell the kids, once again, bug me. You know, Ben Martin was probably the best at bugging me for recruiting, especially since he didn't have film. You know, he got interest at Cal, but they don't have any spots. And, you know, you almost got, oh, they're considering it, but, you know, they need an extra spot. They don't have an extra spot for him. But I actually, <laughs> we, I sent Cal, Coach Zach Bashan, he does the player personnel stuff, He's like, wow, who is this kid? I was like, that's Ben Martin, amazing kid, great student, great football player. I kind of like him. And that was, he says, he play any of the sports? I was like, yeah, he played basketball. Send me some basketball videos. And so I sent him some YouTube clips of Ben Martin, you know, dunking a basketball in like ninth grade. And then, you know, next thing you know, he's talking to Coach Toller over there and they're trying to find a way where they can get him over there. And so, you know, recruiting went great, man. And you know, thank God for technology. Thank God we can still connect people. And, you know, it, it was great. This last question for you is pretty simple. Why do you love Bishop O'Dell? Uh, it's, wow. I mean, <laughs> why do I not? You know, it's been truly a blessing. You know, number one, which I, you know, <laughs> make sure I stay all the time is number one, I, I get to pray. Like every time we come out to practice, you know, a, a player will lead a prayer. If, if not, I will, but usually the players took that on and, you know, there's apprehension, I guess you could say it in some settings or you're not sure, like maybe you're looking over your shoulder. Like if I'm ministering to this kid, like, is that okay? Am I going to be in the office, you know, apologizing for that? Am I okay? You know, doing that in this setting. And that's always been big to me to be able to, you know, not only mentor, but also minister uh, because I know what God's done in my life and being able to be a Bishop O'Dowd, I know I can speak about that freely because 
God's been an absolute blessing in my life and creating this opportunity for, you know, me to coach that O'Dowd and, you know, to talk to you guys. And, you know, so being able to share that freely is probably the first thing I told my wife, like, babe, like, I was able to pray on the bus. I wasn't, like, worried about, like, getting in trouble for it. <laughs> that was, like, in 2018, my first, you know, week on campus, um, number one. Number two, the support that I get. There's a very good, like, I love the professionalism up there. Um, our athletic administration with our new athletic director, Carlos Reed, um, all the hands that go into work behind the scenes in the office as far as just doing things the right way. Um, I, I really respect and I appreciate that professionalism. You know, if it wasn't for all the people in the office, you know, we wouldn't have been able to, you know, get the pods in and, be able to go out there and practice and you know they really did such good work as far as just getting us out there to be able to practice um so I, I love that part too and then you know there's um lastly is just you know the reputation that we have you know you talk to coaches at Nevada you know I talked to him he's like oh man I love the Bishop O'Dowd kids you know, and so the, the kids have built this built this great reputation. The school has built this great reputation um, for not only being a phenomenal sports place, but also having phenomenal people and phenomenal kids. And so, like, you know, it's easy to recruit because they know the quality of kid they're getting. We have amazing kids there, which I love. You know, I didn't – there's no, like, chasing kids to practice. You know, I'm not – I don't have to worry about like headaches, you know, like the skits kid, he's not coachable and stuff like that. Like I, I don't have any of that. I get to go out there, coach football, mentor and minister to kids and do it in a professional way. And, you know, that not every coach can say that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. Awesome. Coach, that's for coach Perry, congratulations to coach David Perry from Bishop Odad for being our, West Coast Preps Bay Area football coach of the year for this crazy unprecedented spring football season. What he did from three and seven last year, no doubt, to only losing one game and winning the league title is very remarkable and fantastic what happened for the Dragons. So once again, thanks to Coach Perry for coming on and congratulations. Coach, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I think my Twitter is at Coach Perry2012. And yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's all I, I don't have an Instagram. That's all I got is Twitter. <laughs> I'll give that to my wife. She's got all that. Well, people, be sure to follow our newest coach of the year there on Twitter. Follow us on social media, West Coast Preps underscore. See all of our interviews with people like Coach Perry on our YouTube page and subscribe there and check out all of our work and also our coach of the year story at westcoastpreps.com.